Sex Chat with Kim Ayers is proudly sponsored by Cal Exotics, the world's first woman-owned adult pleasure products manufacturer, the Magic Wand, the longtime favorite massager of millions, and NAS Toys, providing your sexual pleasure from head to toe. All of our fabulous sponsors' products are available at grandopening.com. Hey, welcome to another episode with a fabulous interviewee on Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. I am so delighted to have, oh my gosh, where do I start? Not only an incredibly brilliant and talented teacher and writer and experiencer and everything, but somebody that just has such an incredible life story of where she is today on so many different levels. And that's the kind of guest I really, really love. And especially when they're a friend. So I'm going to introduce to you Elizabeth Wood and have her tell a little bit about herself to you. Here we go. Thank you, Kim. That was really sweet. Um, You know, one of the things that makes me so happy about being on your show is that I remember when I first met you, and I don't know if you remember when I first met you or not, but it was probably in 1995 or six, and you were running a shop in Boston called Grand Opening, of course. And I had come in with a friend for a workshop that you had hosted oh. on um, piercing and branding. Oh, it was really <laughs> yeah. intense. Yeah, with Raylan Galena. With Raylan Galena, yeah, exactly. One, right? Exactly. Um, and then I was just captured by the charm of your shop and I was probably in there every month or so. <laughs> I probably spent yes. too much of my college money there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. That's how far back we go. Yes, I know. It's amazing. I mean, I still, people actually sometimes stop me on the street going, hey, wait, didn't you have yeah. that store? You know, especially yeah. when I go back to Boston, which is always yeah. kind of thrill. But back to you, yeah. because I know, well, not only knowing you like that and through other places too, but also from this crazy, good, amazing book that came out, what, like about a year ago? It, it was in... Um... November of 2019. So it's been out for just about, I'm sorry, in August of 2019. So it's been out for um, just about two years. Two years, yeah. This is is it. Bound, a daughter, a dom, and an end of life story. And it's a memoir. Um, I'm a sociologist. I didn't imagine I'd be writing memoir, but it's a memoir about me and my mom and about her discovery of her sexuality as a woman in her late 50s and early 60s and her sexuality when she discovered it was as a dom as a person who loved to dominate men who wanted to submit to her and that was fabulous because she had always talked to me about how she didn't like sex with men and I think a lot of it was because she never was able to find out what the right relationship was for her with men once she found it man she was (laughs) she was off and running (laughs) and super active and had tons of interesting partners and lots of fabulous experiences but then she got sick and so through the end of her life I not only so not only had I kind of introduced her to her sexuality which we can talk about also but um, I kind of shepherded her through the end of her life as well. And and for me, that was just this incredibly transformative experience. It was sad. It was 
joyful at moments. It was profound. Um, it really forced me to understand the combination, the combination, the, the really like the way that sex and death connect to each other in ways I hadn't understood viscerally before. And so by the end of that experience, I found I really wanted to write about it. And I didn't want to write about it in an academic jargony kind of way. I right. really wanted to tell this, this personal story. So I'm just, I'm so fortunate to have had the chance to do that. It's amazing. I'm reading it right now. And it just, it's kind of like a chronicle on many different levels. You know, I mean, you do write about how she discovered this connection with men that doesn't really, well, not doesn't really, but it, her definition, as you just said, was not necessarily having sex yeah. with them. And I think that's something that's greatly misunderstood by the whole BDSM community is mm -hmm. that not by, by the vanilla community, which are those that do not participate in BDSM, mm -hmm. is that you can have these incredibly intense, erotic, you know, orgasmic experiences with these people and not have penetrative vanilla sex with them, you know? Exactly. And I don't think a lot of people in the, in like I said, the vanilla community quite understand that. Another couple that were married to other people and were very open about the relationship, which is uh, Molly Devon and Philip Miller. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I don't know them. She wrote the book, Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns. Oh, I know that book. Right, which is, yeah. I mean, that was written, I think, in like 93 mm -hmm. or, or something. It was way early on in the history yeah. of grand opening. And they had an incredible connection that was so deep and yet they were married to other people that were totally cool with the relationship because the relationship they had satisfied the need that their other partner couldn't give yeah. to them which was she was submissive he was masochist yeah. so they just worked marvelously and what happened is he died of a heart attack and there and, and I've talked to Molly about it um, many times and like he would call her every day at 10 a.m. And after he died, the phone kept ringing at 10 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I just got chills. It's because stuff like this happens yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you can have these. And so did I actually. Hello, Philip. <laughs> I know you're still out there. The guy's sweetest guy on the planet. And so I really do have chills, too. This mm -hmm. is you got to listen to stuff like that when it happens, yeah. you know, you really do. So, yeah. but this is something because it is combining, you know, like you said, the relationships that you can have yeah. that are not necessarily sex oriented. And I know you spoke to your mother a lot about that. And then who, who kind of figured that out? Did you figure that part of it out for her or did she come to that realization herself? I think I knew it about her before she knew it about herself, but she had to figure it out for herself. So I tell this story in the book that I, so I did my dissertation years ago on sex work. I did ethnography in strip clubs. So I would go in as a customer and hang out in strip clubs. And then later I interviewed dancers and wrote a lot about the power interactions between dancers and their customers. And at the time I was doing that, the, the dominant um, discourse was, well, this is exploitive of women. And, or it was about what makes women do this deviant thing, right? But what I was really interested in was the negotiation that often goes on. And so like I wrote about the tipping interactions and the way that women would talk to men to, these were by the way, all clubs where women danced for men, um, how women would, would persuade men to tip them and the kinds of stories that would be created and, and the relationships that develop sometimes between dancers and their customers, particularly yeah. regular customers. Anyway, so that's what I was doing in graduate school. And so 
in about the year 2000, so as I was finished graduate school, just starting my job at Nassau Community College, where I've been now for the last 21 years, my mother went on a copy editing interview. And this was like as a side gig, you know, earn some extra money. She was a fabulous writer. She went on this copy editing interview and she called me up afterwards. Turns out it had been for an adult magazine. And she had been asked to edit copy for the dominatrix ads. She called me up and she said, did you know you can get paid to hurt men and you don't even have to have sex with them? <laughs> and it started this like, yeah, it started this great conversation about different forms of sex work and, and BDSM. And, um, you know, it, it was interesting too, because she didn't think she could ever accept money for sex. But she did come to the understanding that she could accept presents. <laughs> Somehow that was different. <laughs> and um, anyway, so I, that Christmas, I gave her a copy of a Jay Weissman book, SM101, which I had also seen on your shelf, oh, um, along with the Screw the Roses book. And so I gave her that book and I know she read it. And then it sat on a shelf in her living room where, you know, everything was in her house. And it sat there for years. And in about 2005 or six or seven, she called me up again and she said, do you know a website called alt.com? Oh, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, I do. Thank At least I don't have a profile there right now. Uh, but she had joined it. And she, so this was her, it took her that amount of time to really discover and, and come to grips with the fact that she wanted to try this out. And so she did that part all on her own. You know, it was based on that early conversation. I realized this makes perfect sense for her. I think this is her kind of thing. But I think she needed some time to really sit with it. Well, and then yeah. she figured it out. Right, right. And especially when it's, you know, we're not taught that, oh, you can grow up to be a dominatrix yeah. or a sex worker or stuff like yeah. that. You know, when personally, I think it should be a career option for right. people that wonder what they want to do for their next career. Um, right. So, yeah. And it should be a relationship option that people understand, you know, and we talk about sex ed and age appropriate sex ed and all that kind of stuff, but people often assume that that all ends somehow at like puberty or in high school right. and doesn't have this need for continuation. Now there are lots of adult sex ed people that, you know, you and I both know, and they have now big Instagram presences and all of that, yeah. but it's not understood in the mainstream culture to be a necessity that we are continuing to develop as sexual beings. And in my mom's case, she wrote a couple of columns um, back in like 2012 or so for Carnal Nation, which was this online magazine about sexuality for a while, mm -hmm. about having grown up in the 50s and early 60s. So she was born in 45. So she was a teenager in the late 50s, very conformist era very, you know, missionary position sex, heterosexual sex. This is kind of in the mainstream anyway. This is kind of what you got. And none of that really fit for her. So she didn't have a an understanding of what might work. And then, you know, for lots of other reasons, I think as the 60s went on and then, you know, she's married by the time the late 60s come around and I'm born in 1970. So she didn't really get the benefit of all of that summer of love kind of exploration that lots of people right. who were just a few years behind her exactly. probably got. Exactly. So it took a long time for her to get this information. Right, right. And that's the thing. In, and I know, you know, I've been to a lot of prostitution conferences and things like that. And 
whenever there's a woman who discovers her power that way, mm-hmm. albeit in BDSM or sex work or something like that, mm-hmm. as an older woman, I mean, the younger women are all like, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, that, that they finally acknowledge it. And the stories are very similar is, you yeah. know, that they were in crappy relationships and they just couldn't yeah. figure out why. And then they, and then it starts all coming together for them. Yeah. And then it's such an eye opener and such a, an amazing journey that they have and that's something that your mom was definitely on Uh, what I really what my great well I'm still reading the book uh but what I've really enjoyed about it is that how you interweave you know her personal story your personal story Mm -hmm. um just you know what's going on with you personally and her illness and how she kept her apartment and and working through like uh you know do I hide that stuff do I not hide that stuff which is definitely I mean that's (laughs) oh For those of us that are like in any kind of sex thing, um, I've got sex toys all over my yeah. house. And yeah. I'm like, if anybody comes in my house and they have a problem with it, they don't deserve to Too be bad. <laughs> exactly. So it's yeah. kind of like that. And I know that a lot of older people are like, you know, hide it from the kids or, or you know, hide it from the house cleaner and stuff like that. Right. Instead of embracing it and say, yeah, those are my sex toys. Got any questions? You know, I think the world would be a better place if people just like, accepted all that stuff so much more but that's a whole other podcast i know i know and it's it it raises interesting questions too for adult children and their parents too so like i was very open with my mom about her sexuality and about my own my sister had a much more conventional relationship with our mom and my mom only came out to my sister about her kinkiness when she had to have kidney surgery and my sister was going to come and help take care of her for a week and you know both of us as her kids knew she never cleaned up anything in her apartment, but my sister didn't know that that now included, you know, the butt plug on the side table in the living room or the handcuffs hanging over the closet door by the coat closet or and that kind of stuff. Giant Saint <laughs> cross or the giant exactly yeah, right, which in, appears right. many times in the book. So. Right, right. In fact, the original title for the book was going to be My Mother's Cross cancer, kink, sex, and death, but we decided, the publisher and I, that cross was likely to be misinterpreted as a Christian cross and um, probably miss the audience I was shooting for and not appeal to the audience that initially picked up the book. So I figured probably not the right title. Who came up with the title? um, The publisher actually suggested a series of titles that were similar to this one. And then we went back and forth a number of times and finally landed on this one. Right. Yeah. Cause it works and the cover is fantastic and everything. Oh, thank you. So, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thank you. The publisher initially had chosen two red fuzzy handcuffs where the rope is. And I thought eh, it's, that's too kitsch. So I found the rope image and I like yeah, that much better. That's good. Yeah. Cause fuzzy handcuffs for those of you who are not BDSM practitioners, yeah. uh, we do not like those um, <laughs> because yes, they are kitschy, but also they're not safe at all because they're yeah. metal handcuffs and you don't want to use metal because it can actually yeah. injure your wrists. What is your title and where do you teach if you want to share that with everybody? Sure. I'm a professor of sociology at Nassau Community College, and I'm also chair of the sociology, anthropology, and social work department there. Uh, and that's and in Nassau in Long in, Island. Yeah, in Garden City, New York, on Long yeah. Island. Okay, yeah. Exactly. Yep. And then, so how much, you know, and sort of to cut you off, but um, how much 
like because the kids these days you know the gender fluidity is something that fascinates the shit out of me yeah, yeah. because that really didn't exist in my day and to see these kids like embracing just the i'll just say fluidity because yeah. it's such a big term because it yeah. covers so much yeah um that do you find that that has impacted your teaching and what you're teaching your curriculum it has a little bit. So I teach a course called Sociology of Gender at Nassau, and it gets a range of interested students, some of them just taking it because, you know, it fit their schedule, some of them taking it because they're really interested in issues, particularly of gender fluidity and transgender issues. Um, and some of it take some people who take it are taking it actually thinking it's going to be more about conservative gender roles than it is. So, so that's interesting on its own. But one of the things that I have found as I've been teaching this in the last, say, five or so years, is that there's there, there's a group of really excited, energized, gender fluid, or at least gender open kind of folks, or folks who are interested in trans issues, who believe they've just invented that, right. like that it's right. new. And so one of the things that I find myself doing curricularly is showing them examples. Like my students are gonna be watching a film called Southern Comfort this coming week. And Southern Comfort is a documentary about Robert Eads and it was made in like 2000, about the last year of his life, it, which was in like 1998, 99. He was a trans man in Northern Georgia. And it's about his life, why he died of um, ovarian cancer and also about this big conference called Southern Comfort that has been going on for like over 25 years now. Um, or I introduced them to something like Les Feinberg's Stone Butch Blues, which is even older than that. And so to, to introduce them to the ideas of like butch femme sexuality from the 50s even, and then talk about what transgender issues looked like in the 90s and then to move forward, from there to where they are. And they are definitely in a very politically active um, individual identity kind of space. Like right. butch femme doesn't make as much sense to them as it did to me say in the nineties when I was learning about it. it. It creates a really open space for me to learn from them and for them to learn from me. And it's really wonderful to have that kind of energy in the classroom. Right. Yeah, it's pretty amazing i think yeah. you know, i look at these kids and you know like at prides and things like that yeah. and god yeah. you just you, you don't know but then as in they don't know like everybody that's been before them but then it's like this is how much this is why yeah. we worked as hard as we did yeah through our times you know i mean i became like really kind of yeah queer at well <laughs> i can't even like figure out a date or something mm -hmm. like that you know because it was always like tomboy and stuff yeah, like that and, yeah. and stuff and so to me it wasn't so much of a gender identity thing as it is a like well this is what i'd love to do and now right. all this expression is allowed to be open not that i was like closeted or anything like that but um you know but just to see people being out as to who you know for who they are at these ages is just yeah. totally fascinating to me you know yeah. it's, it's really you know of like everywhere like where you know academically where it hits yeah. and just you know personal growth for everybody and just you know religion yeah. throw that in there and yeah. a whole bunch of other ones so yeah. it's pretty damn interesting that's for sure i do have lots of students now who who will say things like i don't even know why we need gender like what is gender for really 
and it takes me aback each time a little bit because it's so deeply baked into the social structure of our society into the culture that you know I'm glad that we have this idea that we don't need it in terms of like there's no biological imperative to need it there's no logic to need it but it is so deeply a part of what we live that to dismantle it entirely to live as if it didn't exist is a whole other issue but they are many of them are just like they're out there doing that and they're they're creating wide open spaces that are really fascinating right to watch and And it's happening so fast it is happening so fast i mean where i find it really easy to see like who's accepting of that is when you're filling out a form and they ask Mm -hmm. gender Mm -hmm. so some of them still have just two and some of them have eight including Mm -hmm. prefer not to answer Mm -hmm. you know and things like that and where i find um i'm a regular platelet donor Mm -hmm. um because I like doing that and mm-hmm. it's for cancer patients. So I do it pretty mm-hmm. regularly. Uh, really Red, wonderful. Yeah, Red Cross is just male or female. Can't yeah. be anything other than that. And it's like, uh, people get a clue a little bit here. So so when that changes, that's yeah. going to be something. Yeah, they yeah. change comes slowly to the Red Cross, yeah. I'll tell you. Cause, well, cause to lots like, of big organizations. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's something like to kind of see where that change is going to happen. And it's uh, pretty amazing. So I am going to wrap this up right now. um, Because I want to have you as a guest again. (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) Next time I come back. Talk about yeah, next time I come back, I'd love to talk to you about Woodhull Freedom Foundation, which is the other thing that I do. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Absolutely. So we will sign off on this wonderful episode of Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. And let's plug the book one more time because I love plugging. Yep, here it is. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. Thanks. There are butt plugs in the book. <laughs> there are plenty. <laughs> yep. It's the book is right. bound mm-hmm. and it's available digitally, downloadable. Yep. And then is there a website for it or something? Or what's your website? I have a website, which is elizabethannwood.com. Anne has an E at the end, like Anne of Green Gables. Elizabethannwood.com. And the book is available anywhere you can find books. So if it's not on a shelf in your local independent bookstore, you can ask them to order it and they will have no trouble getting it. It is also, of course, available on Amazon. It is available as Kindle, iBooks, all those kinds of ebook versions that people like. Great. And yes, you can also find it on my website. Yep. And definitely get it because it's very eye-opening and it makes a great Mother's Day gift too. It does. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. A Mother's yes. Day gift for yourself as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show and I can't wait to have you back. And now is this episode's joke of the podcast. Yay. So one time a streetwalker notices a potential client. She propositions him and he fearfully responds, "No." My mom said all women have teeth between their legs. She laughs and she says, that's not true. Here, let me prove it to you. So he reluctantly goes with her and they have sex. Afterwards, she says, see, women don't have teeth between their legs. And he responds with, well, yeah, it's no wonder with your gums the shape they're in. (laughs) That's a good one. So today's listener question emailed to Kim Ayers sex chat at gmail.com. This is a goodie. It's another great topic for another podcast, but I didn't want to keep this devoted listener waiting to have their question and answer read here on sex chat. So here goes. 
Dear Kim, I have always tried to have anal sex because I hear so much about it, but every time I go to have it, it kind of hurts. Am I doing it wrong? I'm sure there's something else I should know, and I thought asking you directly would be the best way to find out what I'm missing. You know, that's a great question. Yeah, anal sex, it's pretty popular. I mean, the toy review on this podcast features it as a butt plug, which, yeah, is basically, that's anal penetration. I mean, anything that goes in, as opposed to what we're used to going out, is, well, anal penetration or sex. Uh, I'll call it sex because penetration has too many syllables in it to keep repeating, all right? So it's just going to be anal sex here. All right, so I'm going to give you the quick response because I swear it's going to be a future podcast. Think anal August, which I got to tell you, is a holiday celebrated by us perverts in the sex toy biz. So yes, that's when I'm going to deep dive up your ass. I, I mean, and everyone else's in August. It'll be here before we know it. Trust me. Seriously, I like saying there's three things to be aware of all the time when you're having anal sex. And they're this, relaxation, communication, and lubrication. All three are of utmost importance for a comfortable anal sex experience. I mean, all of them together. First of all, relaxation. Relax, relax. It's really easy to have a butthole that tightens with fear, and that's pretty counter to having a nice time. So relax your butthole. Kind of think of exhaling through your butthole. Seriously, that's actually kind of a tantric reference because that's your root chakra. But once you start relaxing those muscles, great things can happen. Those are your sphincter muscles. I love that word sphincter because it's only two vowels, but it's got like 28 letters in it. Sphincter. Anyway, second thing is communication. This is a biggie. If you're going to enjoy this with a partner... It's so important to keep the lines of communication when they're going in. No matter if it's fingers, a sex toy, a butt plug. Well, that's kind of a sex toy. You know, penis, just whatever you're going to be putting in there. Lines of communication. Keep them opening. Open. Because opening your butthole is really important for anal penetration. One of my best anal sex experiences was when my partner was lying on his back. This was on a floor, so it was pretty, you know, big. It wasn't like a little bit or something. And he had a boner, and he just said to me, you get to drive. And I was able to stick him in at my own pace instead of getting poked when I wasn't ready. So this was really great. It was a great experience. So that's rule number two. The third one is use plenty of lube. I swear you can't use enough during anal. Since there's no natural lubrication that happens in the rectum, as opposed to us handy vagina owners, using lots of lube will help with comfort. No matter whose butthole you're dealing with here, trust me on this one, your choice of lube can be your personal favorite. And that's for sure. And for God's sake, never use anything that numbs your butt, no matter how cool and convincing the label says on the bottle about, oh, relax. No, you want to stay in touch with your ass and your butthole, especially when someone else wants to touch it too. 
So never use anything that numbs your asshole. This is, I can't say this enough. Everybody still sells this stuff. I roll my eyes and cringe because you should never numb your ass. So keep that in mind. So you don't want to use that anything that numbs it. You want to use a really great lubricant. And you don't need to necessarily use one that says anal lube. I mean, the things that sell as anal lube are usually thicker ones, so they don't go sliding down the butt crack. That makes sense for sure, because you're going to need a lot of lubricant. You know, and whether it's silicone or water-based or hybrid, Total personal preference. A lot of people like using silicone because you don't have to keep adding it like you would a water base because the water dries out. I have a whole podcast on lubricants. If you haven't listened to it yet, please do because lube is one of my favorite things no matter what I'm poking anywhere. So lubricant. So yeah, so you don't necessarily need to get one that says anal lube. I mean, it's kind of like, is a facial cleanser anything different than like, you know, an ass cleanser? Well, I mean, you know, kind of. Like, what's the difference between body wash and soap? It's kind of like nothing, but, you know, I got to get body wash instead of soap. Anyway, I digress. So use whatever lube you really like. And again, if you want more information on lubes, listen to that lube podcast for sure. So, dear listener, I hope this gives you the basic info you're seeking. And be sure to keep listening to Sex Chat to get even more sex education from yours truly who walks the walk and talks the talk, and gosh, I love every minute of it. So be sure to send in your questions to Kim Ayers Sex Chat, it's got two S's in the middle there, at gmail.com. And you can also send them to me on Instagram and Twitter too. And be sure to subscribe to my email list, because that I send really cool information and extra discount codes too on the email list. So you can send your email to kimairssexchat at gmail.com and I'll put you on the confidential email list. Thanks for listening. And now is this episode's sex toy review. So I decided in keeping with the theme of today's amazing podcast with Elizabeth Ann Wood, I thought it would be appropriate to review a BDSM product. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with those letters, it stands for bondage, discipline, sadomasochism, but there are other words that are used too. I know, I know, I haven't recorded a podcast about the kink world yet, and I promise to do so because, well, you know, I've been a professional dominatrix and I have been kinky since 1991, yeah, my tribe... I love it. But I promise you I'll be recording a lot more podcasts of firsthand experiences and skills you can use to explore the kink world. I promise. I promise. Anyway, back to the review. Let's see what I have in my kinky collection of toys. Oh, I know there's a whole world of fun that can be had with a new addition to the, well, I guess you could say role playing and specifically pet play. Mmm, this time it's using tails up the butt for you to be any kind of animal you want to be. So let's check out the tails, T-A-I-L-Z, snap-on, vibrating, silicone, butt plug that comes with not one, not two, but three tails that easily snap onto each other with a magnet. So the butt plug has a magnet on it, and each of the tails does too. So let's check those out. The plug itself is a slender 
one and a quarter inch wide and three and a half inches long. So it's not a big one at all. It's kind of like, you know, if you kind of think of the size of what comes out, it's pretty similar to that. Now, that's an easy size, let me tell you, just for those reasons. It's silicone, which is a really nice silky silicone. It's nice and comfy. It has three speeds and seven functions, which you can press a button to control, but I love saying but as much as I can. It's a much easier one to use because it has a handy remote control. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so I'm going to be putting this on right now. Ooh, okay, so here's the, let's see, let me get my fingers in there and let it do it. Okay, so there you go. It's three speed, seven functions. So that's the first one. Second one, third one. Okay, and then the functions one, they do all sorts of funny, jumpy things. Ooh, that's a good one. Let's see, I forget, I think that's six now, or I don't know, but here you go. So, oh yeah. Well, you, you get the idea. It's pretty varied. And the thing is, you can use it with a remote control, so that makes it like, Wicked fun, as we'd say in Boston. All right, so so back to the tail fun. All right, there's three tails that you can attach that all come together in the box. So you don't have to buy separate butt plugs. You can get three different looks in that single box. It's basically a magnetic attachment, but it also has kind of a silicone, kind of a pad that encircles the base so it doesn't become unattached while you're prancing around with a fuzzy butt plug up your ass. The three tails are a long, white, kind of like fox-like tail that's 18 and a half inches long. That's, that's pretty long if you think about it, you know, because when it's in your butt, it's going to be like down by your thighs and stuff. There's even a longer 20-inch gray tail. Yeah, that's like really animal-y. And oh, the cutest round, baby pink-colored round bunny tail. It's so cute. It's my favorite. So you can change them up depending on who gets to wear the tail. I mean, it is a silicone butt plug, so it becomes germ-free with a simple wash when you're done. So pretty much anybody can use it. Oh, yeah. And, oh, they're all faux fur. So for those faux fur fans out there, ooh, say that fast, faux fur fans, faux fur fans, you, uh, it's super easy to clean up because you just, they say damp cloth, which, you know, probably will work. Um, but, yeah, so they're faux fur, so you can use faux fur fearlessly. Yeah, say that a lot. Uh, anyway, it's a totally fun addition to anyone's toy bag. And I bet Elizabeth's mom would approve. Yeah. So, hey, you can get it at Grand Opening and search for the vibrating silicone anal plug with three interchangeable tails because there's a whole bunch of vibrating tail butt plugs. Go figure, huh? But this is the one with the three interchangeable tails because you can use a discount code for it for a really great discount. Oh yeah. So just enter the number three, T-A-I-L-S. So the number three, T-A-I-L-S, and you'll get a discount specifically for that wonderful vibrating silicone anal plug with three interchangeable tails. And 
have fun acting like the animal you really are. Is You'll have as much fun you did when you were playing as kids. That's what role-playing is all about. And, well, that's another podcast, I promise. <laughs>